Welcome to the Leader Manager Coach Podcast, your weekly podcast where we take a deep dive examining knowledge, philosophies, wisdom, and insights to help you to lead, manage, and coach in football, sports, and life. Leader Manager Coach is presented by Rob Riles. Rob is a qualified coach with a League Managers Association qualification and a science and medicine background. He has worked in the football industry in Europe, USA, and Africa at international, premiership, league, non-league, and grassroots levels with World Cup and European Championship experience. Hello and welcome back to another edition of Leader Manager Coach. Rob Riles here, if you've not been with us before, very, very warm welcome to the podcast. It's a podcast essentially about the three strands of leadership, about management and about coaching with particular reference to beautiful game, uh, football, but very, very relevant to many other areas of sport and life. So very warm welcome to you. Today I am really excited to share with you this information and I'm going to get straight into it in a minute. It was something that I came across about five years ago, which is amazing because time seems to have flown and it's about one of the most successful individuals who has been around in professional football. The man I'm talking about is Sir Alex Ferguson, And in 2012, the Harvard Business School, led by Professor Anita Elburs, did an examination and a study of Sir Alex Ferguson and all about his methodologies and came up with some real key information. They came up with eight points about Sir Alex's leadership, which I found absolutely fascinating. And I'm going to share those with you today and I'm going to give full credence and full reference to the Harvard Business Review and if you would like to take a deeper dive into this information if you access HBR the Harvard Business Review this information can be purchased from them can be downloaded from them and I would strongly recommend that you take a look into that if this floats your boat but I'm going to share with you from the article Sir Alex Ferguson's eight lessons of leadership And these can be applied, obviously, outside football. They can be applied to business. Hence, it's been studied by the Harvard Business School, which says it all, really. And sets a great vision about how the information from even this podcast can be used for all different aspects of life, whether that's sport, football, coaching, or entrepreneurial success, whatever it is. Okay, so Sir Alex Ferguson's eight lessons of leadership. I think it's important before we dive into it, the reason that they studied Sir Alex was that he became English football's most winning manager. I think during his time, there were 13 league titles and 20-odd other domestic and international trophies that were won by the club under Sir Alex's leadership. You know, he played a central role, as we all know, in the evolution of the club in recent years and retired from that post, um, having achieved monumental things in terms of silverware and an evolution of the club so straight into his lessons of leadership please excuse me if i turn pages over because uh, i'm just making sure i get all the relevant points to number one start with the foundation sir alex set out with the maxim of not just building a team but building a club there's a world of difference between building a team and building a club i think you can build a team in a much shorter time than you can build a club it's about having a long-term vision And Sir Alex set out with a determination and a vision 
to have a real, real strong focus on a club and a real strong focus on building from the bottom up. So to put in place foundations of stone and to have a concentration on youth. As we all know, in the game, the class of 92, although some people will say, you know, it just happened and it was just one of those things that happened. Well, I don't think things like that just happened. They may be a combination of factors coming together at the right time and the same time, but it was all about developing a substantial youth policy for young players to develop through centres of excellence, through academies to come on and have a chance to play in the senior ranks. It's having a long-term versus a short-term vision. And Sir Alex is known for spending time in and around the academy structure. So he certainly wasn't a first-team manager who didn't know what was going on in the academy. Sir Alex, if all the evidence is to be believed, was a manager who had his finger on the pulse in terms of what was going on in his academy and knew what was happening. And I think that's evidence when you speak to anybody. And I've certainly got um, recollections of players from Manchester United that I've been fortunate enough to um, have contact with young players, particularly who were known by Sir Alex. And Sir Alex had a input into their playing careers, which says an awful lot. So he built from the bottom up. Number two, he dared to rebuild. So Sir Alex and the study outlines in their view five distinct clubs or squads that Sir Alex built and then dismantled when the time was right. So he wasn't frightened of letting players go. He wasn't frightened of dropping players. He wasn't frightened of promoting youngsters or new players into the team, bringing a portfolio of youngsters through. And he understood the life cycle of teams. I think this is a very good parallel with some of the things that happened at Liverpool in the 70s. And if you read Bill Shankly's books or the books about Bill Shankly and the Liverpool side, how the team got tired and there was old legs and time had caught up with them. And I think that's a very easy thing to happen. Um, emotionally, you can get involved and instead of making clinical, rational decisions from a detached viewpoint, um, the easy thing to do, the path of least resistance, is to continue with the old guard and um, be a little bit emotional about it. And before you know where you are, it's difficult to turn the ship around and the results haven't been going well and there isn't that throughput of young talent or fresh blood or young legs to replace Sir Alex demonstrated numerous times that he was quite happy and quite prepared to brave the winds that would inevitably blow when he got rid of players and changed squads and released people from the club who were icons of the era he was prepared to do that number three set high standards and hold people to them I mean simple difficult to do but a fundamental set high standards and hold people to them. So I think Sir Alex was known for being in work early. He was known for being in his desk, getting things done that he needed to do in the quiet of the morning before a lot of people came in. And he demanded the same from his players. Um, the stories about Manchester United winning trophies and then getting back into the dressing room and celebrating. And Roy Keane, without a smile on his face, saying to his teammates, listen, you lot need to get yourselves sorted 
and get focused on the next challenge. Don't be spending your time celebrating too much. Now, I'm not here saying that you should or shouldn't celebrate. I'm not making any point about that. What I'm saying is that's an example of one of Sir Alex's generals or one of Sir Alex's leaders who is espousing the exact maxim that he talks about in terms of setting high standards and getting other people to hold to them. He did not allow bad training sessions. He did not allow bad punctuality. He did not allow people to have bad games consistently. He acted quite ruthlessly and put the club before individuals. And, you know, if you ever listen to any of his players, the Nevilles and the Scholeses, they will all say that Sir Alex had a fear factor. And you knew if he was watching that you'd better be on your game or else the consequences were that you uh, wouldn't be playing. So um, set high standards, keep to them yourself and be prepared to hold other people to them. Okay, let's move on. Number four. I absolutely love this one and I kind of recoiled when I read it. And number four is never, ever cede control. You know, Sir Alex makes absolutely no bones about it and the study makes no bones about it that he absolutely demanded that he was in charge, that he was the decision maker, that he was in control of that football club as regards to footballing matters. And that today in this 21st century is such an enormous statement. And going beyond the statement, it's an enormous thing to be able to achieve, certainly at a club like Manchester United. I'm sure you can all agree that there's a difference between being in control at a small club, maybe non-league, maybe run by a couple of volunteers or some willing volunteers of people who put their life and soul into grassroots football, which is totally, totally amazing and commendable, or in a small business where you're in control, or even your family life where you know, you're in control. But to take an organisation, possibly, arguably, probably the biggest football club on the planet alongside you know, the Real Madrids of this world, and to state that you are in control of the major factor in that, which is the football, and to actually do that is some achievement on its own, never mind the trophies. But that was Sir Alex's maxim. That's what he wanted and that's what he believed in. And essentially, that's what he achieved. And he talks about, you know, you cannot ever lose control. Um, When you are dealing with professionals, um, you have to be in control. And the day he says that the players control the management is the day that the thing will start to fall down. So, yes, he never, ever ceded control. He regarded the loss of control as dangerous and the beginnings of the demise so um sir alex was very very strong on that and um, i think he demonstrated in his work in life that he was able to um put that into practice so moving on next one number five match your message to the moment if you listen to again players who played under sir alex they very often say that he was efficient with his words his messages were very, very pertinent and more often than not found the right thing to say at the right time in that particular moment. I've certainly heard Roy Keane say that. He could tailor his words. He understood what to say and when to say it. He was very effective at that. I think that in football, particularly when you need to have an impact, so mainly before a game and certainly at half time, those are your two intercessions where you can actually have chance to communicate meaningfully 
when players' attention is focused, when it's contained. Those are the times if you have the ability to get your message over, then that's the time that you will come to the forefront. And Sir Alex, according to uh, all the people who were there or thereabouts at the time, had the ability to do that. There are players who say that, you know, Sir Alex didn't often wax and wane about opposition and tactics. He often focused on work ethic, work rate and belief systems and often focused on those things with a pertinent slant for whatever he wanted to achieve at the time. He was great with his words. He talks about matching the message to the moment. Number six, prepare to win. Sounds quite simple. It almost sounds a given, prepare to win. But as a manager, as a coach, as a leader, if you can step back, be detached and take a look are you doing the right things, the absolute fundamentals that are focused on creating the result that you want? Um, the example that's extrapolated quite heavily in the article is how Manchester United statistically, and I think this is where the Fergie time reference comes from or is certainly related to, is the statistic that under Sir Alex Ferguson's reign, Manchester United had the greatest win record I think it was out of all the leagues, all the professional leagues, had the greatest or most successful win record through all the leagues when there was a tied at half-time and with 15 minutes to go. So Manchester United were the best team in the league without question, statistically, in the second half and the last 15 minutes. Now, what an amazing place to be. So what does that say? Were they fitter? Were they better in that regard? Did they have a different mentality? Um, the study and Sir Alex's comments bear it out that they did everything they possibly could to win. And they practiced scenarios where they had to achieve certain things. So they practiced having to score in the last 10 minutes. They practiced doing the things you had to do to win games. So it wasn't a question of we're in this situation, we haven't been here before. They practiced in their training sessions. The 2-1 down, they've got 15 minutes to go. They need to take risks. They need to score a goal. And because they practiced it, it wasn't such a shock. So therefore, because it wasn't such a shock, was it then that they were saying, well, we did it in training, we automatically now just transfer that skill set into the game? And Sir Alex talks about going into games with the utmost confidence, knowing that he had prepared his squads and his backroom staff had prepared his players and his squads to do what it took to win the game. And again, sounds simple, prepare to win, but actually the devil, as um, people say, is in the detail. Number seven, I love this one, rely on observation. How many times have you as the coach, as the leader, as the manager, how many times have you actually seen something and then because either other people don't see it or the scenario changes or somebody says something that you get overridden or you think, do you know what? No, it's not quite that. And then it turns out to be how you thought it to be. I think this is a faith thing. It's a confidence thing. It's a belief thing. Believe what you see and don't underestimate what all that massive experience and all that massive knowledge that you've got in that filter system of a brain of yours computes and 
turns into maybe a gutting instinct thought feeling that you get because you've actually seen something, observed something. So he talks about believing what you see and let your eyes tell you. That's why Sir Alex says, and that's why the study tells us that he was around the club, he was in the club, he was in the building, he was down with the youth players, he was there at training. He had great generals, he had great marshals, he delegated, he had wonderful head coaches, but he was there and he used his own eyes because ultimately he was the decision maker. He was going to live or die by those decisions and it was his observation that he needed to rely on. He talks about being present. He talks about his confidence coming from knowing that he had played the game and he had a fundamental understanding of how the game could be played, should be played. He understood the technical and tactical aspects of the game because of his life in it. So he was confident in that. He knew that he was a coach. He knew he could coach players. And what he did is he observed he used what he saw in his observation and he then made decisions. So, you know, it wasn't some weird and wonderful formula that he got that made him the great man he was. There were some key fundamentals. He understood the technical and tactical aspects of the game. He understood that he could coach players, although he knew there were people who were better than him, who he stood back and delegated and said, there you go. But he was there and he then made decisions based on what he saw. And the last one constantly adapt number eight leadership principle eight constantly adapt i think this is demonstrated very very well in the fact that sir alex won as many trophies as he was because if you don't adapt and you're in a post for over two decades things are going to change over those two decades and if you stand still and don't evolve then yes, you may win a trophy, you may win one, two, three trophies, but you ain't going to be around for 25 plus years, however many years it was, Sir Alex. I know it was in over two decades, nearly three decades. You're not going to win trophies over that consistent amount of period. You're certainly not going to develop and evolve five separate teams during that time that have great success. So Sir Alex recommended the employment of people he saw sports science develop as did many other managers and analysis and used those to their maximum and bought in great people to bring Manchester United or keep Manchester United at the forefront. I think I've heard him say that one of his sayings was as he walked around the club saying, you know, I've got more staff than Sainsbury's, which is his way of saying we've had to employ so many good people, so many young people, so many intelligent people with high skill sets in different areas that keep Manchester United where they were at the forefront of the game. So there we go. Those are Sir Alex's eight points of leadership from the Harvard Business Review. This is a fantastic, fantastic article. It's something I can't recommend enough. I spent ages going through it when I first got it and it's absolute gold. So um, have a look for that. I think it came out um, in October 2013. Sir Alex's eight points of leadership. So let's just go through them before we finish. Okay, number one is start from the bottom up, start with the foundation. Okay, so build your house on stone, don't build it on sand. Number one, start from the bottom. Number two, dare to rebuild. So be brave, be courageous, change what you need to change. Number three, set high standards and hold other people to them. Be brave, speak to people, communicate, tell them what you need and hold them to it. Number four, never, ever, ever cede control. Number five, match your message to the moment, so be a great communicator. 
Number six, prepare to win, do the right things. Number seven, rely on observation, believe in yourself. And number eight, constantly adapt. So there we go, Sir Alex's eight leadership lessons. Wonderful stuff, I'm gonna leave it there. So it's leader, manager, coach. I hope you get something out of that. I hope you can um, take a deep dive into that or at least utilize some of those in your life and create a success of whatever it is you're doing. If you wanna connect, robryles.co.uk, leave me a message. I'm on LinkedIn, um, leave me a comment and uh, you know check out our other podcasts if you haven't already done so. I appreciate your time as always listening to me and um, we'll catch you later. Bye.